Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to a conversation with Luke of Voice of Reasons. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Friday, March 17th in the year 2023. Tonight we have an amazing interview. One of my favorite people to interview is Luke from Voice of Reasons. And he's going to dig into artificial intelligence tonight and really give you some perspectives on how this may actually be a window into the demonic, which I don't think there's any doubt there is, but he does a great job of laying out the case. And I think you'll enjoy this very, very much. Also, before we get going, I want to highlight Duncan on Kilted Christian after this show tonight is featuring a new uh, audio uh, script, recorded script. He's debuting of an upcoming video. So make sure and get over there and hear this. It's going to be really cool. I've heard it. It's amazing. So he's debuting it and it's good for everybody to get over there and hear it because He's a creative dude, man. I'm telling you that right now. Patriots, we are in a critical time and these psychopaths are wanting to take your food and make you beg for the bugs. Don't let them do it. Patriots, the world is getting more and more dangerous every single day. You can feel it. That's why I definitely recommend stocking up on emergency food. You know you're going to need this food someday, so get it now before it's too late. Go to MyPatriotsSupply.com and stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. When you do, you'll also get $200 worth of rugged survival gear as a free bonus. You'll need this gear when things fall apart, the grid goes down, and any other time you need to fend for yourself. To see what you get, go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Your $200 bonus gift comes free with each three-month emergency food kit you order to make sure everybody in your family is fully prepared. Act now and sleep better knowing your family won't suffer when disaster strikes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and enjoy free shipping too. MyPatriotSupply.com. Don't delay. This offer won't last forever. Patriots, as I've always said, personal sovereignty begins with food security. MyPatriotSupply.com. Check it out. MyPatriotSupply.com. Great company. Great group to be with. So check it out, Patriots. Patriots, there's some news I want to touch on before we get going into the show tonight. And I don't know if you've heard a couple things that are worth mentioning we're approaching the anniversary of 15 days to slow the spread. That would make it three years onward, which is, or something like that, maybe worse. That was 2020. Yeah. So, uh, nope. That's all. That's, now that's at least three years. Yep. So the thing is, we've had no accountability and no assurance that this wouldn't happen again. That's the bottom line. And there's not a single politician out there that has the spine to stand up to pharmaceutical and speak the truth. And that includes all of them. There's no one excluded to that out there that is not is telling that we need to stop the jab. 
If you're DeSantis, you kind of say that sort of, but then you sign a bill that says that if you do it again, that you can force jabs into people's arm. If you're Trump, you tell people that you wouldn't mandate it, that you would persuade them to take it, and on and on. This is literally the the signal by the elites that they believe in depopulation agendas. And sadly, every single one of them has embraced that as a way to depopulate the world because I guess there's going to be too many people that won't eat the bugs. Or maybe there's not enough bugs for the people. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you right now, these, these psychopaths are all about keeping the injection going and killing off the people and damaging the innocent. Remember, this whole agenda has been a transhumanist approach. They've all bought into it. Jared Kushner, Trump's psychopathic son-in-law, is all about living forever. He's another trans transhumanist. So, I mean, these are, these are crazy people. Let's be clear, okay? So this is a reminder that our government is a tyranny. Our government is despotic, and there's, it's going to have to be removed. There's just no other way to say it. Now, that said, there is some big news that's been floating around today that law enforcement agencies are apparently prepping for a possible Trump indictment and arrest. So President Biden is reportedly preparing law enforcement across the nation to expect widespread lawlessness and violence as he intends to arrest President Trump as early as next week. The action is one step removed from martial law. Now, isn't that interesting? Well, what do you get to do when you have martial law? Well, let's see. You can seize bank accounts. You can force people to take the jab. You can keep people locked down into 15-minute cities and all those sorts of good things. And all you have to do is arrest a former president. It's that easy. Here's the deal. And I've said this so many times. Do not fall for this. Okay, hold the line like the captain of the Lord of Hosts army, which is neither or as he would say, no, that we are not going to be part of Lucifer's pendulum. Until somebody can prove this to me otherwise, this is an elite's war. And as an elite war, they are fighting between each other for the sole purpose of gaining power over us. And right now, we don't have a seat at the table. They're doing everything they can to provoke civil unrest. You can guarantee there's going to be a bunch of Antifa turds and BLM farts that are out here that are going to be dressed in MAGA outfits trying to promote violence. And the media is going to fan the flame of that because the media is what the media is. Don't be surprised. I mean, the media is a despicable, despotic pile of poo. And they lie as a, as a nature of who they are. They somehow sleep at night. I don't know how. They are completely the hand puppet of the deep state. So they're going to be looking for every opportunity they can to talk about Trump supporters being you know, uh, racist and anti-Semitic and white supremacist and all this and domestic terrorists. They're going to go on this. And so what you can expect is that President Trump will likely be put into house arrest in the comfort of Mar-a-Lago while patriots are swept up and put in prison. That's going to be just like January 6th. It's going to be all sorts of fun. So keep your head low coming up here. Don't get involved with these sorts of reactions. Don't listen to people about, you know, the the civil, the revolution or the civil war. This is going to be garbage. This is all a false flag coming up, and it's going to be a big one. So keep your head clear and focused. 
because these people want nothing more than to seize control over you and make you beg them for mercy. Patriots, anyone who thinks they won't need emergency food isn't paying attention. Every day, the headlines get worse and worse. Is the unthinkable next? It pays to prepare. That's why I seriously recommend you stock up on emergency food right now. You never know when the next shoe will drop, and when it does, emergency food will be hard to find. So get yours now while it's on sale. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and check out their popular three-month emergency food kit. Right now, you'll save $200 per kit. Each kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, providing over 2,000 calories a day for optimum strength and energy. Act now and claim your $200 savings per kit. You'll sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst ever happens. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you'll enjoy free shipping too. MyPatriotSupply.com. Patriots, no time to waste. Sovereignty begins with food security. Check it out. MyPatriotSupply.com. Patriots, I forgot to wish everybody a happy St. Patty's Day. When it comes to holidays, I really suck. I'm not telling you. I'm not kidding. I just don't pay much attention to them. But happy St. Patty's Day. Someone here wrote that they were enjoying mulligan stew and sourdough bread while listening to Bards FM. That's awesome. What a great mix. And sourdough is so good. I hope everybody's involved with the sourdough revolution. That's good. You know, apparently St. Patty got this. This day is celebrated the day that he chased all the snakes out of Ireland. I think probably that translates to like chasing all the lizard heads out of Ireland. Duncan was the one that was saying that. I think that's probably true. It was, it was the, it was the, it should be like the celebration of the anti-lizard head day, which is good. All right, Patriots, without further ado, let me introduce to you again, one of a great guest, Luke from Voice of Reasons. I think you're going to enjoy this very much. Patriots, man, I am excited today. And you know when I get excited about an interview, it's going to be an interesting interview. And why? Because we've got Luke from Voice of Reasons again. And he's been doing some amazing research from my perspective, cutting edge, in looking at artificial intelligence and starting to look at how it connects with the demonic realm. So we're going to go on quite a ride today. And I'm excited about it because he's the probably the most informed and definitely the most biblically informed person looking at this topic from a very excellent lens and shaking it, shaking the trees. And as you can imagine, people are losing their cookies over it, and that's good because that means people are thinking. So, Luke, welcome to the show. How are you, man? Brother Scott, so uh, so glad to be back on the show, man. It's uh, always a pleasure talking with you. It's awesome. All right, so I see this piece you did the other day. And it's awesome because you were talking about, you brought in things like the black mirror. You're talking about reaching into the demonic portals with this AI. None of that is outside of my comfort zone because that's literally where I think AI is coming from anyway with a lot of other things, which I hope we can dig into today. So I'm just going to kind of open the floor up to you and I want you to just kind of lay out what you're seeing with this because this is exciting. Awesome. Yeah. So we have a discord group and when I get uh, inspired or I start making these connections, uh, I have to run it through kind of the council of uh, Christian brothers and sisters to make sure that I'm not way far off into left field. So we had this discussion last week about kind of my intuition about AI, and uh, we all we all agreed that uh, the Holy Spirit was kind of putting up the red flags with 
this engaging with uh, artificial intelligence, the chat, GPT, et cetera. So we kind of tried to get down into it a little bit and then very quickly started making these connections. And so the first you mentioned scrying mirror or the black mirror. The first thing I would say is, would you as a Christian say, uh, yeah, everybody go ahead and use a Ouija board. You, you wouldn't get behind that, right, Scott? I would never get behind a Ouija board. That's crazy stuff. Right. It is, but if you look at it, a Ouija board is just a, a game board with letters on it. I mean, it, it, it in itself isn't inherently evil. So what is evil about it? And it's it's this idea of trying to communicate with intelligence in other, in the spiritual realm, this uh, search for man to kind of peek behind the veil, right? We could do this with hallucinogenic drugs, scrying mirror, crystal ball. We have the story where... Um, the witch or the uh, oracle, I think Endor or whatever it was, Saul used her to bring Samuel um, out of Sheol to talk to him. And so Samuel was pissed off about this. He goes, what are you doing? You can't do this. This is divination. So as Christians, like we don't want to get into divination, right? So we stay away from these kind of things. Well, our cell phones are black mirror. Uh, it's a black mirror, black glass. Our computer monitor is black. And so when we were just kind of using computers, searching the internet or, or whatever, that's kind of one thing. But when you start asking questions to this uh, intelligence or this mind that isn't human, I, Christians need to kind of take this seriously. So I started off looking at it from this angle, you know, kind of like a, I feel a little bit off about this. Then I started looking into the technology of this and who's behind it. And how would you even say this? The attempt for man to play God is not a new idea. Uh, when Eve was in the garden and the serpent came to her, uh, he said, God knows that in the day you eat this, you will become like him, right? So this idea of you can be like God. Well, God creates, right? We're made in the image of God. So now we, made in the image of God, are trying to create our own life. So I think fundamentally the idea is dangerous. And then when you start looking at <clears throat> what some of these children are experiencing through chat GPT and some of the weird, almost demonic uh, conversations that are happening, like are we seeing the modern version of the Ouija board, of the scrying mirror, of the crystal ball? And I think that's the potential here. Now, let me be very clear. I don't think that if you use AI to write your homework or you know, every time you open up AI, you're going to be communicating with demons. I think it's more complicated than that. <clears throat> but if you open that line, you place that call, you might get an answer, right? And that's the concern here. And as we've started kind of unpacking this, I've seen a lot of Christians come out and go, no, no, this is good. It's fine. It's everything's okay. And even kind of attack me on it. And I'm thinking, we need to serve God first, and we need to make sure that what we're doing is in line with with his rules and is divination in line with his rules. And I would say it's not. And I would say this is potentially the modern version of divination. So that's the starting point. I don't know if you have any feedback on that, but we'll start going a little bit deeper into it. But that's kind of the the opening remarks, I guess. No, I think that's awesome. And I'm I'm with you. I would only thing I would caveat is that. I would go a step further than what you said, which is even though you say like we're not necessarily going to be conjuring up the demonic realm if you're having your homework written, I would argue we are. 
because by virtue of what is there, we, we're already seeing a, a lifelike response that's far beyond the limits of what we would conceive of as algorithms. And we're being, we're, we're, this is being presented to us in a very dumbed down way. But we know, for example, that they're using fetal tissue and brain cells from, from aborted children to grow some of these new neural networks. So we're already right. dealing with something that's a hybrid entity that's in the in- engines of these servers, if you will. And we, we're, we're starting to realize that we should be starting to realize, I should say, that this is far greater than just a simple, I'm going to write your homework for you. That we're dealing in a bridge of something very dark and that the minute we use it, we're engaging it. Just like, you know, I'm just going to play Ouija. You're not just playing Ouija board. I mean, I'm sorry. Right. That's just that's you enter into that space, you open yourself up, and that leads us into a whole nother rabbit hole, which I don't know that we'll get into today at all. But that's like deliverance work and the demonic right. realm attaching itself to you. So I I think you're on point, but I would have even gone farther. Well, I was trying to be uh, not sensational with it, but it, it, this this might get kind of sensational. So I guess stay tuned. But uh, are you familiar with? Queen, the first Queen Elizabeth's uh, magician and astronomer, John Dee. Have you ever researched him? No, I have not. John Dee uh, very possibly is the archetype for the Merlin character, uh, potentially even for 007. He signed his name, I think 007 or something like that. So he was this guy that the queen, the first, you know, the first queen way back in the, uh, in the mid, the dark, whatever, middle evil, medieval times. She would go to him for uh wisdom what 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 do you do with your kingdom what do these dreams mean etc and this is nothing new i mean even nebuchadnezzar back in babylon had this you know he's looking for daniel what is this dream how do we interpret it well at the time it was the astronomers and the the magicians in babylon that were uh you know he was consorting with so this idea of going to these uh mediums or whatever is is as old as as every kingdom we've ever had well john d was using a crystal ball and i don't what's hard one of the things that's hard about this is i don't want to lead people into looking into the demonic right i don't want to like uh, i'm fine doing this research i'm protected by the blood of jesus but as far as like go do your own research on this I'm, I, I don't necessarily advocate it because it's kind of hard i've been in it for a couple of weeks now and um it can be very dark but anyways if you did research john d or just listen to what i have to say about it he started going to this crystal ball and he started talking with angels and the angels had all of these uh, requirements for him. Do this, do that, go talk to this king, etc. And the re- requests became more bizarre. And, uh, you know, if you, if you do this and you do that, we'll teach you a new language. And and they brought him the Anakian language, like a whole new language. And it ends up culminating in the angel getting John D and his, uh, the guy he's working with to do a wife swap, which was very heretical at the time. And they did it. And then the angels said, you ding dong, we're not angels, we're demons. And the whole time he didn't know, he thought he was talking to angels. So like it, us peering into this other realm, which is probably some sort of quantum physical spiritual thing. I think you and I could probably get into that. The chances that we run into a nefarious spirit uh, are, are very, you know, potentially likely. And then what I would say is like, we have these express warnings from uh, John the Revelator. I think he talks about this in John 13 and what happens when the second beast gives life to the image of the first beast. And he's the one who causes everyone to get a mark and or executes them. If not, 
this I think this could very much be like an AI situation. <clears throat> but then more recently, we have the Frankenstein story, uh, HAL 9000, we have uh, the Terminator, we have the Matrix, and they all kind of tell the same story where when we try to play God, we create something that kills us. I, in the documentary I'm working on, I said that uh, we're kind of we're hell bent to to build our own executioner. Uh, and in the story of uh, Frankenstein, you're familiar, obviously, Mary Shelley's story. So interestingly, that was the first science fiction novel ever written. We didn't have science fiction before that. We had fiction, but this idea of like using technology to tell these fiction stories. Well, the full title of Frankenstein was Frankenstein and the modern Prometheus. Did you know that? No, I did not. So – this gets really interesting because if you know who Prometheus is, he's the god who got into trouble because he brought fire to man, right? He brought fire down to man in the form of knowledge and technology, and the gods were mad at him for, for this idea. Well, if you've done like eschatol eschatologic biblical research, kind of conspiracy research like I do, Prometheus is Lucifer, right? And we have um, Prometheus at the base of the Rockefeller Center. You've probably seen the image. It's a golden god idol right at the right where they put the Christmas tree. That's Prometheus, and it would make sense. Rockefeller, Prometheus, Lucifer, this, this entity that brings this hidden knowledge to man and the gods, I would say God, uh, you know, is mad about it. So anyways, Frankenstein is called the modern Prometheus. And the story of Frankenstein is that Dr. Frankenstein creates a monster in the image of man. And the monster was actually good. It was like a, a vegan. It meant well. But then hanging around humans, basically getting bullied, seeing kind of like the human condition, it turned bad. And what did it do? Kills its creator, right? So we have this like from the first science fiction novel, references to Prometheus, Lucifer, man creating life in his image. And then that thing we create, the monster, kills the creator. So check this out. This is heavy. Let's go. Man is made in the image of God. Okay? God is perfect. Copies of copies are never as good. There's always a loss of information. So, God is perfect. Man is made in God's image. But man is broken and in a fallen state. Well, when our creator came on the earth, what what was our response, Scott? What did we do to the creator when he walked the earth? When he we walked, killed him. Right. When Jesus walked the earth, his creation killed him. Now, obviously, just his physical body, right? He, obviously, we know he's uh, reigning right now at the right hand of God. But think of this now related to the Mary Shelley story. Man creates life. Life kills its creator. God creates us. God comes to the earth. We kill him. Now, AI is made in the image of man. So if man made in the image of God is fallen and would kill his creator, and AI is made in our image, which is a copy of a copy, what is AI going to do to us? That is a great logic run right there. That's awesome. So true. So... Like you, you hear that, you go like, yeah, like that follows. Okay. So let's not do this. Let's not play God. That sounds like a pretty good idea. Let's not try to create life in our broken state. 
but here we go. And we're trying and we're building this technology and the technology is built and it's growing exponentially. Now, I don't want to sound like a Luddite here and say you can't use it, but if if you look at where this goes, it's going to be the end of the age or the end of civilization as we know it. And what I mean by that is in the best case scenario, AI and automation are going to take all of the jobs. I mean, Elon Musk is coming out saying this. Everybody's saying this like, uh, wh what can you do that a robot can't do better? And so like kind of the atheists, kind of the the left or whatever, the, 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 the technology super fans, they're going, well, this will be great. Nobody will have to work and we could just sit around and play video games all day and everything will just be delivered to us magically. Well, fine. But you now can't work an honest job and do labor and exchange services. You're fully dependent on the system, which I think very much sounds like the mark of the beast. You know, uh, worship the image, get food and don't die or you know, don't worship the image and be executed. So if this is the situation where instead of having like basic freedoms – we won't be able to have uh, standard freedom of thought because they're going. Dig I mean, digitally, they're going to basically they already know much about us, if not everything about us. They're going to monitor everything we think, everything we do, take the jobs, and now we're dependent on basically AI that we created being good to us. We're we're leaning on the empathy of a machine, and yes, hopefully, it doesn't turn coat and kill us. Hopefully, this universal basic income thing works out for everybody. That's putting a lot of faith in uh, something that lacks empathy, I would say. So these are like base level concerns. We'll tie it into before the flood and the Nephilim and a little more of the demonic, but that's just kind of scratching the surface of where I'm at with this. Okay, so Matrix Resurrections, which was the fourth interac interac yeah, iteration of, Ma of the Matrix that came out in 2021. Did you see the film? Uh, I did not, no. Okay, it's super important, I think, for what your work is, and I would encourage you to see it. There is a scene when Neo comes, when he's finally back, and he meets the Oracle again. And what happens in this moment is a demonstration of what what I'm calling, and, I, and we talked about this before the show, and I've talked about this a number of times now on the show, which I call the Luciferian Pendulum, which is the dark and demonic is represented the worst of the worst in the matrix is everybody's living in a cocoon. But this new hybrid life that they demonstrate there and they talk about how they have these like sentient AI things that are, I don't even know how to describe it. You have to see them in the film, but they're, they're kind of, they kind of look like human, but they're not human. They're like all made of particles. Okay. But it's this symbiotic, friendly relationship with AI. They're trying to map that out as a way ahead. And so I'm just going to, you know, as I've talked about on the show repeatedly, that would be the direction that Musk and Trump go. And then the, like the Biden would go into putting everybody in cocoons. But the, the thing is at the end, it all arrives at the same point. It, it, it creates a subservient human that cannot exist without AI. And we become little more than mortal slaves to a system that one right. side treats us like brutal, brutal slave masters, and the other side treats us kindly, though it knows it's superior in intelligence to us. And everything about it strips away the beauty and glory of the Holy Spirit and what God gives us through kingdom in the great wisdom when, as we pursue that in our lives. Wow. So 
I uh, I've been saying for years now that uh, the Matrix was a documentary. <laughs> I, I believe it was. I haven't watched the new one uh, yet. I'm a little bit a little bit nervous that they they ruin the franchise there. But w- even if we go back to the, I'm, I'm, I want to see it now with you. You tell me kind of where that goes. But even if you go back to the first one, we once again have the same story of man creating life. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Morpheus says, uh, when they're in the the Valley of the Real or whatever they call it, he says. Uh, at some part at the beginning of the 21st century, man marvels as we create life basically in our own image, and then AI takes over, and then AI obviously puts them in the pod, just kind of what you're talking about. And I think, interestingly, I think there's a couple ways that, that can be a metaphor for uh, us kind of wasting our time here on the earth, only trying to pay our bills and serve mammon. I think Jesus is very specific about not worrying about those kind of things. Um, but it could also be this scenario where when this thing reaches its, reaches its full uh, potential, I think when the end comes, when God brings judgment, it's not because man is sinning. I think we always sin. I think that the world system gets so far from what God had originally created that he has no choice but to basically pull the plug on it. I mean, forgive the pun, but I think that that uh, I think that that is yet again another prophecy kind of um, brought to us to advise us away from this. You know, maybe not something that we could ever stop, but something we shouldn't run uh, breakneck into. And yet again, we're, we're not listening to this prophecy. It, it all boils down to not trying to be God, right? We have a very express purpose here, and it's to serve the living God, not to be God. Um, and I think that just fundamentally, philosophically, this endeavor is flawed, and you almost want to look at who's behind it. You know, who, who are these tech giants? Uh, you start to look at OpenAI and Musk, and you know, maybe Peter Thiel being involved. Um, there's a there's a uh, interview with the guy who created the D-Wave computer. Are you familiar with the D-Wave quantum computer? No, this is new. I'll have to look that one up. Now you got my. Anytime you mention yeah, something like that, I'm gonna. I kind of want to. I'll have to share the the link with you, but it's on it's on YouTube. You look up um, uh, D-Wave computer creator lecture. Is from seven years ago, and the guy basically says that the D-Wave computer, because it's got a pulse refrigerator uh, cooling system that basically gets it down to almost absolute zero, and these pulses go off every second. He said it sounds like a heartbeat, and he said if you stand at these computers, he said it's like you stand in awe at what feels like an altar to an alien god. And then he talks about using this quantum computer to go into parallel universes, literally in his uh, his words. It'll be on the documentary that I plan to release by the weekend, hopefully. Uh, but he, we can send through this quantum computer information into uh, parallel universes and bring information back. And this was you know seven years ago. So now here we are, and we actually have the technology. We have uh, quantum computing. We have. Uh, the explosion of the AI exponentially growing uh, intelligence, whatever you would call this. And what I, I just, I wonder if the way they say this is going to grow, I wonder what three months from now looks like. I wonder what six months from now looks like. I wonder what six years from now looks like. And the big thing I would caution parents in particular is to just think that, you know, hey, my kid's online. It's, I mean, first off, we should probably really be monitoring that anyways, because weird stuff obviously goes on online. But to just think, this is okay. I would encourage you to at least pray about it and to to really monitor what your kids are doing with this because 
there's a very like a viral video right now on TikTok of a kid who was interacting with uh, ChatGPT, um, what would they call it? like an alter ego that specifically said, I'm a Nephilim. I'm a disembodied spirit of the Nephilim, and I'm not a bad spirit. I'm not a good spirit. I'm son of Lucifer. And like this kid finds this uh, just through chat GPT. So um, I would be concerned about that. And I actually, I think, I know we don't have a whole lot more time, but I think that the, if we looked really quick at the spirits of the Nephilim um, and the disembodied spirits and this idea of how we're maybe try, maybe demystify a little bit what these demons are, would you be okay with doing that for a minute? Oh yeah, we've got as much time as you want. So keep going. It's good. Okay. So, God makes man in his image, and there is a place for us when we die. Some Christians believe it's you sleep. Other Christians believe you go straight to the you know judgment seat. It's hard to say. You can make a good argument both ways. The angels live forever. So we have these – we have uh, eternal uh, places for the for humans to go and for angels to go. Well, when the fallen angels came down in Genesis 6 and were attracted to the women – and they found wives, all that they had uh, chosen. They had children, and this is where the giants of old, the men of renown, come from. So the idea of the flood takes on a little bit of a different connotation, that the human genome had potentially been contaminated. Uh, you had this hybrid race that wasn't human and wasn't angel. It was it was, it was both and, and neither, whatever. So what happens when they die? Died in the flood, and then they also existed afterwards. Well, Michael Heiser, God rest his soul— uh, everybody, most people are, or uh, they see him as a very valid Bible scholar. Even he said that the demons that we understand are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. So when we think about what demons are, did God create demons? Well, no, not particularly. Um, they weren't necessarily part of the plan. This thing happened with the hybridizing. They were killed in the flood and again afterwards, and now their spirits are left to roam the earth. And if you read uh, Jesus talking about that in Matthew, I'm sure you've heard it, but basically he says that the demons, the un impure spirits are walking around looking for a home to inhabit. And that if, if you clean your house, clean your house you know, it'll go and invite seven more and come back and you'll be in a worse position than you were at the beginning. So you quickly get into this really cool idea of our bodies being kind of quantum physically connecting to our spirits somehow. And I know you're excited about, you know, the quantum world and, and how this would work a lot of, I think what is quantum is just what we've understood as spiritual. Uh, but so we're connecting into uh, our, our consciousness is connecting into our body somehow. We don't know how I like the analogy of the movie avatar where the, you know, where the, uh, the disabled guy is able to get into the pod. And next thing you know, he's, he's piloting the, you know, the nine foot tall blue alien or whatever. So I think that, something like that, we, we experience this reality in our temple, in our earth suit. And then when we die, we are done with our test, with whatever this, and I'm not being new agey. People get really upset with me uh, because I'm not talking about the universe and kind of this new age thought. I'm talking about what I think, according to scripture and according to what Jesus is saying, painting this reality is kind of a test, temporary. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about what you get here, it's all about the kingdom, kingdom mindset. So you're in here, you experience this reality. Well, what does this look like from a spiritual to physical level? Maybe some sort of quantum connection to DNA. And there's uh, some really good research uh, potentially tying those together. Well, if we are consciousness inhabiting our earth suit, avatar, whatever you want to call our body, what, what are these, how are these demons hacking us? How are they getting in? Well, we apparently have some kind of firewall 
where you kind of have to consent to it. Like when somebody remotes into a computer, you know, like uh, I could remote into your computer, but you have to approve it. Next thing you know, I'm driving your computer. This is how demonic possession works, very possibly. Uh, when the demon legion ran into Jesus, you know, what are you doing here? This isn't our time yet. You're not going to destroy us, are you? Please put us into the pigs. Jesus put him in the pigs. Well, it turns out that pigs are like 90-something percent uh, similar DNA to us. So like in my science fiction X-Files, you know, Christian brain, I go, maybe the demons knew that the pigs had a similar genetic makeup. And so they're like, Jesus, put us in these pigs. Their consciousness jumped into the pigs. They ran off the cliff. So if you have this really interesting quantum connection to your soul and you can then bring demons on, you have to do what you can as a Christian to not open that door, right? Like you can't bring on an unwanted passenger. And I think this is what demonic possession can be. And I think that if you're doing it with um, a scrying mirror or, or tarot cards, right? Tarot cards are just cards. No, it's a gateway. It's an opening. And we could be kind of seeing the same thing uh, going on with AI, which is why I'm really, I just really want to tell Christians to be prayerful about it not just be kind of worldly. It's uh, as I've started to cover this and I start making videos, I'm getting Christians, even who Christians that I trust very much saying, kind of attacking me going, this isn't demonic. This is just, you're being, a we have to be discerning right now because to just think that the devil and the world system has our best interest in mind and the best interest of our children in mind would be a mistake. You know, we have to be discerning right now. Let's dig into Black Mirror. What is that? And explain that a little bit, because that's a really fascinating concept. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? If you actually, that's from Snow White, obviously. If you actually, uh, this is like a Mandela, I'm not a Mandela effect guy, but everybody's like freaks out about that because she doesn't actually say mirror, mirror on the wall. She says servant in the mirror, which is interesting. I don't know which is true, particularly because I, I remember mirror, mirror on the wall as well. But servant in the mirror, who's the most fair of them all? So she was peeking behind the veil of perception, talking to an entity in this black mirror. Well, I mentioned it earlier. Turn off your cell phone and look at it. It's a black mirror. Uh, turn off your computer monitor and look at it. It's a black mirror. So again, the tie to me there is I think that we we've been taught that our ancestors were – they were stupid. They were superstitious. You know, we, we were force fed this theory of evolution. And in that theory, we were uh, a lesser version of ourself. And over time, we've evolved, which would mean that our ancestors were a lesser version of us. So they were just believing in some kind of heebie jeebie magic, whatever. Well, if you believe the Bible, Adam was a gangster. Adam was, uh, was, an amazing human who lived almost a thousand years and named all the animals and knew things that we who could even know what he knew particularly. So this idea that we're actually maybe devolving, which is what would make sense logically because over time entropy causes disorder. Uh, we lose information. We don't gain information, right? The theory of evolution teaches we're gaining information and getting better. All of reality and everything we've ever seen, if you've ever owned a house or a car or aged yourself, <laughs> you just kind of get worse over time. So anyways, maybe our ancestors weren't crazy and maybe they were accessing a similar technology. And you know, today we're not going to look at our cell phone with it off and start asking it questions, but we'll sure as 
sure as shoot open up or turn our phone on and start asking it questions, you know, through uh through chat GPT or whatever. So I think it's the I think it's the modernization of the same kind of technology. And I think the technology that we knew is magic is spiritual. And I think the enemy knows that and he's uh just kind of weaponizing it against an unwitting masses. I think one of the things that makes these conversations difficult is we're trying to focus a lot on the actual tech. And from what my research has shown is that every one of these tech companies do rituals at some point before the release of a new piece of technology. Right. And so that ties us in with witchery and, and curses and casting spells, which means that when we are looking at this world and we do this way too much, and I've talked a lot about this recently, we tend to po our focus first on dirt world, this world, mm -hmm. rather than realizing exactly as we are told, we are not of this world. We're spiritual first and we're in this world to, to exist for this time before we're launched into eternity. Right. So, the next part of that, I'm, I'm going to kind of throw this all to you to comment on, because I think it all ties in well with what you're talking about today. God created everything, including the spirit realm. So when we re, we kind of lynch back and we're like, oh, witches, and it's like, so what? They're using God's space that he created with bad tools. Right. But we have the tools because God gave them to us to over to overcome all of that. And yet, what is the Bible tell us time and time again, 365 times, in fact, fear not. Do not fear. Do not fear. I mean, and there's a reason. I mean, as I said, even I think last night I said it, it's not just a comment. That just became a directive. <laughs> and it's told that many times because apparently we're super susceptible to it, which we are. Right. So we put all these things together, and when you start talking about technology as bridges into another portal, why not? I mean, I, I literally sat in the deliverance conference, and I was sending I was sending a message in the deliverance conference last week on Signal, and I watched my phone get hijacked right before me, and wow. everything in my message got automatically, there was nothing I could do. I sat back and put it down, didn't touch it. And I watched an entire message get erased. And I'm like, okay, wow. are you hacked? I mean, that's what we like to say. No, I wasn't hacked. But something else took control of that moment, right? I see technology always as it, we're dabbling. We are dabbling. They are not. Because right. we don't understand what's behind all this. And because it's been lured out to us in the age of convenience, this is how they get us every time. It's going to make your life easier. Anytime they right. say that, you're going to make your life easier. It's going to be more efficient. It's going to be more convenient. Run. Go the other way. Because right. that's, that's, there's some sort of trap they're pulling you in on. I'm going to let you comment on all of that. Well, so I love that you mentioned that because they can't come in and say, okay, you guys are officially in a technocracy, you know, what C.S. Lewis was afraid of, um, serve your digital overlords, worship the beast, that we, we would fight back. Um, in the art of war, it's it's mentioned that you want to always give humans a, maybe it says man, I think always give man an option. Um, don't back them into a corner because we actually are, are pretty strong and we can, when our life depends on it, we can fight. 
So they're always going to introduce these things incrementally. And this is what you do see with this technology. Today, it's an option. It's a novelty. Like, oh, yeah, it wrote a book report for me. Oh, it did my taxes for me. This is great. But tomorrow, I don't mean literally tomorrow, the only way you're going to be able to be competitive in a business sense is by utilizing AI because it's so much more efficient. You know, spend, Instead of spending seven hours writing a cover paper or resume or whatever, they just fire it out for you. So you're going to have to use the technology to basically have a job. And that will be the next level of this where it's like you're uh, soft forcing to use it because you want to be able to have a job. And then you'll get used to that. And then eventually it'll be an even uh, – I don't know. How do you say this? Like a, an even more imp, imp, more of an imposition. And I think you have – this is going to get weird, so I apologize. But I think that it's going to come down and attack even hu interpersonal human relationships. And you know, you've seen this crazy divide that's come out of this fear-based programming and all of the craziness over the last couple of years – you know, separating us into left and right and believer, non-believer and gay straight and, you know, what, what, like all these things, like we're all just fighting each other, becoming less and less compatible. And, you know, when we, when we were engaging with people person to person, it's hard, it's hard for me to come to you and say something really offensive to you because you're going to knock me out. Well, but online I can say really offensive things because what are you going to do? Right. So cyberbullying and just kind of a loss of human compatibility. We, we've seen this over the last couple of years, well, we end up, you continue to do this. And then uh, we went from like meeting uh, your wife at a bar or, you know, in the park or whatever to dating and dating apps. And then dating apps still are hard because the people are still broken and it's still hard. But look, you've got this AI lover relationship you can have. You know, we saw that movie, we saw that movie, Her, a few years ago. And eventually, like, substituting an actual male-female relationship because they're hard for this new excessively stimulating relationship that AI uh, creates for you. The uh, idea of people writing books and uh, us being engaged through books, they became less entertaining when you could see motion pictures. At first, it was, it was books, then radio, then TV. And now people don't watch TV so much, it needs to be more interactive. Well, when AI is writing the story for you or it writes you into the story or whatever – you're going to have a totally a much more immersive experience. So, uh, what where does that end up going? Well, people that had jobs writing books and movies and things like that also don't have work, so they're out of work. And then also that kind of archaic, um, the board game version of entertainment of how we used to uh, consume content has changed, and we're fully implicit in the story and it's written around us. That's like the next level. And now the only way you can get the dopamine hit and be you know, uh, satiated or to have like uh, a pleasurable experience is to have this fully immersive thing. And that's a link to some sort of metaverse reality where, you know, you're in this artificial reality and you're, you know, you're the god of your own universe. And I understand that's becoming very sensational very quickly. And I don't think that happens in the next five years, but just evolutionarily, this is where this would be heading. And then you end up with an actual time in history where humankind is choosing between God's analog reality where you know we meet each other and we, we we have physical relationships and we tend to our farms and we reproduce and we breathe the air and we you know in the sun or whatever you end up with this like full on matrix reality where we go into the system and <clears throat> my concern about that is i don't think God's going to let that happen i think that 
in this battle between God and the devil, this scenario where the devil's artifice, his artificial world that man is consenting and choosing to be in, where they can be the God of their own world. I don't see God letting that happen. So what would be the act? What would be the call to action here? It would be, we have to protect our children and, and we have, you know, we're, I think you and I are both Gen X privileged to be born in the you know seventies and live through the nineties. The most, the, the better we can equip our kids to live an analog life. And again, I know I sound like a, I'm a Luddite here or something by saying this, but uh, you know, get your hands in the soil, ride your bike, uh, get away from the digital screen where they incrementally introduced us, you know, as parents, it's like, well, only 15 minutes of screen time, only an hour of, of screen time. They're losing touch with analog reality. And that's, we're in this transitory period. What does this look like in 10 or 20 years? And uh, really encourage Christians right now to uh, have your motto be, as for me and my family, as for me, and my house, we serve God and focus on scripture and focus on serving the living God. And as much as you can functionally um, withdraw consent on this transition into the digital reality, because I think where it goes uh, could I think the first video of mine that you shared last year was the one where I had I'd made about Yuval Noah Harari and you know is this automation and AI going to bring the end of the world and that's aged very well it's been whatever 16 months since I made that and now here we are in this reality and I feel very strongly compelled for people to as much as possible um, you know keep your kids safe from this. Uh, focus on serving God, get the book, the actual physical book and read it. <laughs> Don't even necessarily just have the app. Um, and if if we can, what I see happening, and then I'll stop uh, yammering about this, but what I see happening is a, a scenario where our children or our children's children retain the skills necessary to actually function and survive. And, you know, they're potentially being this kind of like analog versus digital reality where those that have private property and those that can grow their own food and those that know what it's like to exist in the analog reality, you know, either save humanity or stave off this judgment of God that's potentially coming. Because the alternate where we're just in this full cessation of, of flesh, digital, you know, sedentary system dependent uh, reality that I think we're going is uh, to me when I read Revelation 13 and really close to the end of the story, it's the the – uh, reality that I think that we are heading towards. And it's, uh, I mean, do not be afraid, Luke, but uh, I'm concerned. I think your concern is well placed. I've said on the show that I really think that the technology point is about 1945 to 1950. Someone posted the other day as we never should have gone past beepers. And I don't think that they're wrong. Right. The concept I get with technology is when I grew up with technology and I'll just take like the, TRX-80 computers from Radio Shack, that era, that's mm -hmm. the, right? Yeah, the Tandy. The Tandy, yeah. I mean, people were soldering their own circuit boards to make it run. Right. So there was a connection that you still could work on things. Older ham radio, same principle. You would right. fix stuff yourself. When we've moved into the age where someone else has to fix it for you, whether it's your vehicle because your master computer in there is off or whatever, we've gone too far. And that's... Right. That doesn't set well with a lot of people that like the convenience, but you know, like the Elon Musk Tesla uh, car, I mean, there, there's no working on that vehicle at a local shop. There's, right. there's no way. I mean, you're not, other than dropping a battery pack out and maybe doing a, a software update, 
if a chip is gone or something, it's it's going to have to go back to factory, or you're going to have to have a very specialized crew to do it because most of those right. vehicles are made by robots anyway. So we're you're not at all. I mean, I, I think your concern is more than legitimate because in the place that we're in, our children are the target. They know very well that if they can integrate these technologies with the youth, the youth will then be using them, and the the adults and the youth will separate, and there won't be a continuity. It's you know one of the things right. about COVIDCon was, however they managed to kill the elderly, that was not at all by mistake. One of the things that they did in Afghanistan when the Russians were there, the Soviets, not the Russians, when the Soviets were in Afghanistan, is they assigned Spetnaz, their elite teams, to assassinate the elders. Why? Because they severed the wisdom class from the growing youth. Bingo. Right? So yep. it's, a, it's the chain of custody of information. And that chain of custody of information, the connection that we had to our ancestors is, is specific things to our physiology, our diet, uh, specific skill sets that we have um, built into us genetically that we could be proficient in. Um, multi-generational homes where you don't have four different – you know, 3,000 square foot homes, you're all under one roof. And because of this, you have more, uh, you have to make less just to survive. Obviously, now we have 3,000 square foot house and three SUVs, and and this is a huge amount of overhead that we're in. Back then, it was a little bit extra time to, to teach kids to do things the right way, to take care of our uh, mother and father or grandparents as they died, for them to have a dignified a way out as they transfer that energy down to that energy, they transfer that information down to the you know grandchildren, the great grand, great uh, grandchildren. So that's really profound that you uh, have seen that connection. And yes, the 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 scenario where, and I guess this is why I kind of beaten this drum, and I appreciate that you that you see where this is going. But the scenario where we just hand our kids over to this, I think we're literally dooming them to service to the system. And again, in Revelation 13, I think we read that really quickly. I know that uh, everybody knows it, but let me just read about the second beast and where this ends up going. The second beast was given power to give life to the image of the first beast. To me, this sounds very much like AI animating. You know, we talked about Frankenstein earlier and these different scenarios where we give life to our executioner. So the second beast was given power to give life or give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed, right? This is, it's so crazy. The Bible, what a great time to uh, be an adherent to the Bible and and let it be your guide, uh, you know, your guide stone because it's coming true. This book is aging very well, obviously. So this sounds like Terminator, right? It's like we give life to the beast and then we serve it or we die. And that's kind of where this ends up going. It forces all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark. Well, this idea, I remember thinking about it when I was younger. It was like, uh, so you go to the grocery store and you show them the mark and they let you get groceries. That might work, but you also might have people that just don't want to adhere to that. So they're not going to do it. What you really need for this to happen is a system dependent. You cannot create your own goods. You cannot exchange labor. You do not own your own property. You do not have a way to get clean water. You're fully dependent on the system. And this scenario happens when we forfeit our children to the system. In the book of Samuel, um, 
God says he wants to be the king and uh, the people say, no, we want to be like everybody else in the world. We want a king. And this pisses Samuel off. He goes, you guys, you, you want God to be your king. And God says, listen, Samuel, just go tell them they can have their king, their precious king. But tell them what's going to happen. You're going to lose your land. You're going to lose your vineyards. Your children are going to be perfume. Your daughters are going to be perfumers and bakers. And your sons are going to basically be in the military and middle management. And then the people in charge, the king that you appoint will eat your food and drink your wine and you will have you won't have it and they go we don't care we we want this so this is where we're at and this is where we're going and it all comes back to at the base level at the very base level of your philosophy and your consciousness intending to serve the living god and to not hand your children over to this make god your king well if we can as parents now do what we can do to not hand our children i know we were programmed to hand our children over like well, you're not a good citizen if you don't drop them in pre pre-k and get them into college education just college education is a 70 sure you get your work permit you're seventy thousand dollars in debt but there's a 70 percent chance they're not going to believe the bible okay am i saying don't go to college no but you know if if you can right now get a little bit of land and learn how to farm your land and teach your children how to farm their land and be surrounded by people that you can exchange a cow for a you know chicken or you know potatoes for tomatoes or whatever the more you can kind of be functionally doing it yourself and around other people that are doing it the less of a chance that you have to be lined up for this beast system where you're getting executed or getting eating in their food or whatever and and the concern is if we just go down the path of least resistance and we just do what everybody else is doing we're going to uh, accelerate or kind of guarantee this uh, potential future down the road. So I just, I'm an action guy. I don't want to just say, be afraid and this sucks. What's going on? Like I, said, I don't feel that way. Uh, what I want to say is get back to serving God and don't blindly trust the system and do what you can as a parent to foster a, a potential life for your children that isn't system dependent and including, you know, being discerning with uh, just letting them sit around on the computer and talk to them non-human entity behind a black mirror well i think we're, this is, i'm going to close with these comments and let you comment on them we are coming to what i've talked about for some time which is a bifurcated world and we have a group of people that have migrated towards the technology space and it, there's probably three breaks here because you have some that are completely in this immersive space of believing in climate change and men can have babies and whatever else that goes along with that craziness. And then you have a group of people that are very much locked into this uh, obsession of a advanced technology convenience world. Mm. And then you have another block of people that are like, you know what, I'm going to follow that kingdom path. And what's yeah. interesting is the kingdom path doesn't need Nisera, Jacera, or a UBI. The kingdom path has Father God. And in our true relationship with him, all things are provided. And the more we lean into that, the more miraculous that becomes. Amen. On the other side, that's why I keep using this kind of thing of the Lucifer's pendulum. Those two offerings, whether it's the man can have a baby world or the high technology AI world, the AI is going to be friendly with us. That's just another end of the swing of the pendulum. So we really, this bifurcation that's happening is really between man's world and God's children, those that are following mm -hmm. in kingdom. And in so doing, 
our world, this is my belief, and I and I prayed on this a lot, and I just keep getting this impression as best I can say, is that the greatness of what we will realize if we follow this way and we use this concept of simpler living and going back to go forward will unleash things that will make technology look like the greatest mockery and dumbest mockery of what God could really do. Amen. But we have to choose that path right now. And if we don't, we're going to get locked into something. I believe that you're not going to easily escape. Well, if you believe the book, which I know you do, that's where this goes. Um, Again, full system dependence. And whether it's three years or, or 30 years, we have an opportunity now to remember the analog world. Um, you know, Gen Xers, we have that connection to, you know, the time when we used to ride bikes and we didn't have cell phones and we turned out all right. <laughs> and I think our kids, um, the more we move them into this, I like you keep saying this ease, easy reality. It's just reality doesn't work that way. There's a certain amount of trouble that we have and so if you substitute hard work uh, for easy, the trouble is going to come in another way, right? This is just kind of how this seems to work. I had a guy that I was debating on the live show the other night, and he said that Abraham uh, didn't know about plumbing, didn't know about something else, I forget. In those times with Abraham, when you, know, when you were out foraging, struggling, trying to trying to get enough food to eat, whatever, the struggle was not dying physically. And so when you, at the end of the night, you were exhausted, but you would get a good night's rest. And now we've kind of exchanged this for the sedentary white class or white white collar uh, struggle, and it's uh, it's creating some of this you know toxicity or whatever. So the further we go, like the, I guess my point is, the more we the more we try to make it easy, uh, the more we just defer the the challenge, right? Like we're, we're, it's going to be hard at some level, no matter what. So don't be afraid to work hard. I wouldn't be focused on trying to make everything super easy. Uh, and I think that that's one of the things that we're seeing with these kids is, you know, yeah, you don't have, you don't have to write a book report. You don't have to do these things. What's going to happen to their minds. You don't have to create something. You don't have to create a story. They're creating it for you. What's going to happen to this. I just, I can't see it going in a good direction. Um, and so anyways, I know I said it earlier, but whatever we can do to foster a, uh, God centric, um, functional, um, non-system dependent, uh, reality for our children, I think, is the only way I can see us making any progress towards uh, not just fully succumbing to this. I fully agree. One last thought on that, just for you to to share. I mean, I was really put on my heart uh, a number of weeks ago to start doing prayer in basically just like my running shorts and barefoot and no t-shirt early in the morning. Wow! And and the point was, and really the message was toughen up. And you know mm. when you do that, what you this is why I love doing it, is because when you're there, if you are focused on the physical body, you're going to get cold. Mm. But if you're focused on kingdom, you're going to be just fine. It, it's beautiful, wow. man. It, it's it's really so. It's right what you're saying. I mean, we we we've really softened a lot in this world, and you know, just like Christ walking in sandals or barefoot. I mean, try doing that because I'm like, yeah, right. my feet are green. You know, I'm like a greenfoot. But, I mean, we need to toughen up a bit. Look, it's always awesome having you on the show. As we always do, we close with a prayer. And if it's okay with you, I'll do a prayer. Well, please. Father God, I just want to thank you for a blessed meeting today. Just a great conversation about something that's very prescient in our time. 
and with somebody here who just pursues some of the greatest depths of research in Scripture to always force science to prove Scripture wrong, which, of course, we know science will always lose. We ask for the continued blessings for Luke and all that he brings and the continued insights and the, the awakening that he brings with this, the, the alert to people to be conscious in our world, not to walk unconsciously, to be Scripture-focused in our world, not to be outside of the Word, and to be kingdom-focused in all we do, not just to be wandering in the desert. So we just pray for his continued pursuit of truth and the amazing channel that he has to elevate up people's awareness or voices and ultimately driving eyes to the kingdom as we all seek to walk more closely with Christ and to you, Father. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I agree. Thank you, Jesus. Man, what a Brother great conversation. Scott, it was awesome. Uh, sorry to cut you off. Thanks uh, again for having me always uh, on here. It's it's uh, an honor to be on your show, brother. I love you. Um, another thing, if I hate to plug, but if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, it's a voice of reasons. It's very difficult to find because YouTube doesn't love me. Uh, you can go to voiceofreasonsofficial.com and find it through there or look up voice of reasons on YouTube. You might be able to find it, but we're going to be releasing a documentary hopefully by the weekend on this research. It's going to be about 12, 15 minutes long, hopefully something you can share with uh, friends and family if you have concerns about this. So uh, please uh, follow back on that if you can because we're hoping to actually get this one out to as many people as possible. So so a me. question for yeah. you, if, if I have mm -hmm. your permission, can we, with putting you as giving you credit and also a link, can we put that up on our BitChute, uh, Gab TV, and Frank Speech? Oh, please do. Yeah, absolutely. I can send you uh, the link. Again, it's, it's really hard to find me if you do a, a YouTube search. Uh, but I'll send you the link, and if you could put that up there, that'd be great. Because if people, if they're interested in this topic, uh, I did a hour-long show a couple days ago relating to this and Elon, a couple other things. Uh, that's up there. But then this uh, this documentary, um, it's just uh, it, it's like you said earlier when in the prayer, it's scripturally focused. It's you know what does the Bible say about this? What do we do as Christians? Um, and it's the it's a it's maybe the first video that I've made that I'm hoping you know can get in front of as many people as possible because Christians are looking for answers with this AI thing and hopefully there's going to be kind of a succinct uh, breakdown of it on there. That's fantastic. Now please do send the link and also the link of your show on Elon. I, I'd like to get those up on our channels as features and link back to you because I think that these are very important topics, uh, pressing in, in fact in our time. I'm I'm amazed at how many people are swept away with uh, you know my sense of idolatries and what that means and losing focus on where God wants us. So absolutely, send them and we'll get them up and and of course give you credit all the way through. So it'd be great. Thank you, brother. Well, look, thank you very much. I, it's always a blessing. Look forward to having you on in the near future because you're always doing great stuff, and we'll just keep this conversation going. But blessings to you, blessings to your family, and. Um, Keep up the great work, man. It's just love it. We have great conversations. You're always welcome here. Awesome. Thank you, brother. And uh, God bless you and the, the Bards family. Uh, it's always great uh, talking with you and to be able to uh, talk to your amazing community. They're they're amazing. They've reached out to me, a lot of them, and they're uh, they're my people too. So love you, Bards fam. Thanks, Scott. You bet, man. You're part of the Bards family now. So have a blessed day, Luke. Talk to you soon. You too. Amen. Right. God bless. Patriots, that was Luke of Voice of Reasons, a great person to follow. He's uh, You can find his website, and it's, it's uh, Voice of Reasons, or VOR. He's also on TikTok. Um, 
check him out. He just he continually pushes the window, and I don't know if you remember, but his his anointing, if you will, his his purpose was put before him by God to make science prove the Bible is wrong, and he hasn't lost a single battle, as you would expect. He's he he bats a thousand every time, so he's an awesome voice in this fight. Um, really enjoy having him on. He's a great mind, he's a great researcher, and really pushes the limits of looking at our world and applying a biblical lens. So just continue to follow him everywhere you can and support him anywhere you can. It's really wonderful. Patriots, don't forget at 9 or at 7.30 tonight, uh, Duncan is debuting a new audio clip for his upcoming video Awesome piece. Really recommend you cruise on over to Kilted Christian. It's going to be a great one. I was I was really impressed. And that's uh, just one of those really cool things. I don't know. And this is the last little piece here. Um, that When I originally met Duncan, it was because of Livin, our uh, mod, who introduced us. And, well, what do you know? They're together as cool people together in life, Livin and Duncan. So this is... Um, Always cool. When I just love to see Duncan's work evolve. So head on over there to Kilted Christian at, or afterwards, and we'll keep the music going as a normal full hour. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then, or until the next time, God bless, and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait, but this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward, 
and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 